lovely hey guys we're back again this is episode four let's express let's evaluate today we've got a few special guests um, i'm gonna let them introduce themselves hello people i go by the name of Mikel. some people a lot of people know me as mixed rights yeah apparently so and then the next guest <laughs> <laughs> hi my name is mary um and I'm the person behind Strategy and Silks. Love that, yeah, love that, love that. So we're gonna start with Mixed Rights and then we'll just gradually start to speak to Mary after. So with Mixed Rights, I feel like we go way back. Way back. Way back. The fact that it's even 2020 is definitely way back. Yeah. But, um, you know, introduce yourself for the people that don't know. If they don't know, I don't know. But, you know, wow. give them a little brief synopsis as to who you are, what you do. Um, Obviously it's in the name already, but. Yeah. Uh, um, I've been writing, let's say writing first. I've been writing for a long time. Um, started writing when I was young, when um, I had no internet at home. My pers- Listen. My it's good though, because some people, they make imaginary friends you wrote. Yeah. Initiative. I was writing Fantastic. like once upon a you time, know? you know, all of that. Okay, oh, fairy tale. <laughs> you better keep this for your children. <laughs> they need to know how you, you, know, how you became you. <laughs> And then um, I pushed that to the side. Obviously, I was growing up, had football mm-hmm. studies. Eventually, went university while I was studying journalism. Hated it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hated it. Because uh, yeah. I thought it would be more practical. I'd be interviewing people outside the class, but I was literally sat inside the class. Yeah. Um, writing about ethics. They don't really break it down your course, do you? No. They just give you your module guys and just think, yeah, that's it. That's no one's true. really giving you behind the scenes as to, oh, this is what's actually going to happen. Yeah. So you were sold a dream. Definitely. Basically. So um, once I got to my second year, I thought, yeah, I don't like this. Let me take a gap year just to see what I want to do. Oh, cool. So during that gap year is when I started my blog. So I was just writing about how I was feeling because around them times I was also kind of depressed and stressed. Mm-hmm. So gave me an outlet. So I was writing, writing and writing, then I thought, ah, let me write a story. Especially when um, the whole Netflix and chill thing was circulating, I thought, let me right. write. that's not even that old, uh-huh. when you think about yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote um, a little short story, just one part, called um, Let's Chill. Um, I didn't expect it to get as much of a reception that it did. And then people said, okay, second part. Okay, I wrote the second part. People wanted the third part. Wrote the third part. Mm-hmm. Like wrote the fourth part and fifth part, and then I stopped yeah. there because I didn't want to be that guy that just wrote about sex. Like, yeah, yeah, that's basically what he was writing about. <laughs> for those that didn't know, that's what Mix was it doing. Wasn't just and it was very. <laughs> no, let me interrupt you. And so what he would do. It would be a Friday and he would just drop it and then there'll be a cliffhanger and you're wondering, oh, what's going to happen next? And so that's what was great about you because like you said, it was just at the beginning of the Netflix and chill kind of era mm. phrase. So basically, he would drop something and you'd be thinking, oh, I've got to tune in next Friday, which gains him more followers yeah. and the word of mouth goes round and now you're doing it. And so that's how I found him. Okay, so would you say that you're kind of... You follow on from that Keisha the Skep vibe. That's basically what he was doing, oh, right? Oh, I need to read this. Oh, right, it's all those really good. So then I've seen it and I'm like, wow, this guy, he's writing, he's really um, like, yeah, yeah you know, quote unquote, he's doing a lot. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, let me just see. So then I've DM'd him and just like, hi, do you want to write? Do you want to write something together? Mm-hmm. And then literally that's how I met Nick's. It was just like, yeah, let's just see what we're doing. And then we just started corresponding through email. We wrote the, he, give me a minute. We wrote the call in. Mm-hmm. So on Wattpad, it's really good. I've got over like 500 views, it was actually quite good. And so uh, the calling was about Cassie and I always forget Mix's name. I never remember. He never remembered. <laughs> I never remember. But it's Cassie and the guy. Uh, yeah, and so um, it's, we kind of um, focus on the stigma of mental health. Mm. And uh, there were a couple um, that were basically, basically always together but mentally apart. Mm. And so you had to keep up. And then we dropped it and there's a cliffhanger. We haven't come back to it. Mm. We didn't. We didn't actually. The fun thing about writing it was, Mm. still write um, Cassie's part. Mm -hmm. Then I'll look at that. Then write my part. So we literally we just bounced off each other. Bouncing off each other. Yeah. So I wouldn't know what I was gonna get in my email. Like I'll just check it and I'll be like. Okay, so he's going this angle. I've got to now, you know, jump yeah. on the bandwagon. Yeah. I've got to switch up. So maybe I might have thought he was going to say this, but he hasn't said that. Mm. So it's quite 
it's actually a bit hard because you don't know what that person is going to respond yeah. to you. That must be quite exciting. Yeah, and yeah. No, it was. It was. So when we got to the end, I thought, whoa, how are we going to, like, leave this? And I think it was my part that ended it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, basically, that's just a short story of how, how we met. And then, yeah, he just started being very clinky. Mm. Wait, what? What's your star sign? Taurus. We're gonna go Taurus. there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm an Aries. I don't do Aries. Mm. Yeah, I get bored quite Leo. easily. Uh, yeah, I don't know about you guys. Whoa. Um, we're gonna do that today. Whoa. <laughs> no, you're not chill. You could, you could, you chill, you chill. But um, yeah, that's what we did. So then we wrote, and then yeah, I just liked the fact that he could write to that extent. Mm. Everything was captivating. You're into it. It's intense. It's like you want to know more. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a that I would say Mix is a amazing writer. Note that today this is the only time I'm saying this note to self. <laughs> um, but he is an amazing writer, quote Thank unquote. You. Like he's really good. So then after that, I think he wrote. You started to write even more stuff. That yeah. put a lot of things out on Wattpad, and he does his own covers and everything as well. So oh. Like yeah, he's quite amazing at that too. And then he wrote a big book, uh, String of Lies. There we go. Yeah, and let's why that. Yeah, String of Lies, um, I actually wrote that whilst I was working at Ladbrokes. I feel like everyone does something yeah. different while working there. <laughs> <laughs> like I did anything but work. But because um, I had so much free time and I was never at home because I was with the, uh, managing the store, so I just wrote it on my book. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a String of Lies is basically about a young girl who doesn't know who her dad is because she assumes him to be dead. Because yeah. that's what her mum has told her. Mm. So um, one day she finds letters in her attic, mm-hmm. and those letters are from her dad, and she finds out her dad is very much alive in prison. Oh. So um, how deep the lies go, she's literally about to find out. So yeah, that it was a very it's very intense. Yeah, intense. And it's on Amazon though. Grab the book. It's actually it's actually an amazing it's actually an amazing book. And the oh. thing about me is, I like writing from a, a woman's point of view. Oh. I find it very interesting. Isn't how it? do you how do you how, how do you, do you do put yourself into that space? Um, how do you fit in our shoes? <laughs> you know, it's because um, I have a lot of female friends mm-hmm. that help. So just seeing their mannerisms and I observe a lot. Yeah. And then just using your imagination as well. Mm. Um, yeah, that. It sounds easier than it actually is, mm. but that's literally what I do. Yeah, before I write, I always visualize everything scene by scene. Yeah. So if it doesn't make sense, I'm not gonna write. Okay. Yeah. How interesting is that? Very. Yeah. Very interesting. I find writing from a female's point of view is much better than men's because women are more dis- descriptive. Mm. Men are. Very nice word to use. S- straight to the point. Mm. They want to know. They'll. A, a to B. Women will be A. 8.1, 8. 8.2, 8. 8.3. Mm. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So uh-huh. I, and I'm very descriptive as well. So, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. I'm going to take that. <laughs> I'm going to take it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Anyway, thanks for letting us know who you are. We'll come back to you. Mary! Hey! Hi. For those who don't know, Mary and I went to primary school together and yes. school. And yeah, this is the class of 2006. Oh my gosh, saying it out loud. Sounds so crazy. It really shows our age. It shows our age. (laughs) Woo, if you guys went to our primary school, Offset would have closed that down. (laughs) We actually, yeah, we made it. Because that school, we made it. Yeah. Yeah, we made it. Our school was predominantly black. And you have Filipinos, and throwing your Filipinos, and some Colombians. You You had like maybe one, two white people in there? The odd uh, few. A couple. A couple. However, everyone that was a teacher was white. white. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, was, that was basically our Experience. school. Very, very, you know, you had the playground, you had the woods. Yeah. You had... Um, oh, the woods. And the, there used to be the statue of... Um, St. Michael kid, um, that the eyes we thought it was a devil. We thought it was a devil. <laughs> oh, my God. So there was a rumour that Friday, I think 3pm, the eyes would move. Oh so everyone God. would look outside the window. I don't yeah. know how teachers never knew about the dream. I think they did. But, um, yeah, no, that statue, it has stories to tell. So, yeah, the school don't look like that no more. No, they locked down our, our not, primary school's gone. It's no. like, you go to that school, it's, it's, it's a, I don't even know what to call it, like... It's a new modern building. It's everything. It don't look like... They got escalators in there and lifts and stuff, and it's just not where we grew up. No, <laughs> that's not my primary that's school That's not anymore. my primary yeah. school, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Mm-mm. yeah, like, I don't know. But, yeah, we go way back. Yeah. And I would say primary was a great foundation for me for reading and writing. Definitely. Um... 
think briefly, one of my old teachers, Miss um, Doty, she used to put like a book club, and um, it was quite brief though. It didn't quite, it didn't last as like as long as I wanted it to last. Mm. But um, she would give us books like The Sleepover Club and Jacqueline Wilson and stuff yeah. like that. And it was quite good. And you would read it as a group after school. And it became like an after school club at one point, I remember. And so I think I briefly did it from year three to year four. And then, yeah, I think the school, it actually got overcrowded when I remember. <laughs> the school was quite, yeah. there's a lot of us. And so, yeah, the club wasn't running no more. Um, but we were in opposite class. You know, six Y, six B, blue, on, come on, yellow. yellow, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll opt gang, for, gang, we'll opt for a while. <laughs> gang, gang. You know what I mean? It's only when I thought of people in my class and I come over to like, hi, can I play with you guys? Yeah, today? it was very <laughs> awkward. Because then, like, literally, you know, oh, we're just chilling with our friends, and you just get people come over. And then like, now we're mi- out. now we're mixing together at lunch, and it's like, oh, I don't know if you're my yeah. friend. I don't know if you're my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. You know, schools. We had a veranda where you would make dances. On oh, it too. that was oh wow. You know, politics. Every Ooh, fight started. Oh yeah. With the dances, if those walls could talk, yeah, even what? the school hall, our school hall, Christiana, was like, Christiana Milian, um, hey, I must get dip it low. low. Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, if you oh know how god. many people used to practice that routine. Oh my gosh, I what? don't even remember it, but I do remember that that song was popping. That's Sean Paul Temperature. We go way back, uh, guys, we go way back, yeah. But, um, one thing we do have in common and that we've managed to talk about over the years is literature, yes. So, yeah, like, why are you fond of reading literature for fun? The reason why I say it is because not many people read. read, Like, yo, you will read, like, Portrait of the Lady, Charles Dickens. I just want to know why literature. I think think it actually starts in primary school. So I wasn't able to sleep when I was younger. Okay. So everyone was like, oh, start reading. So I started reading to fall asleep. Then I fell in love with the books. So then I couldn't sleep. So I'd read and read and read and read. So I go to school pick up a book, borrow all the books, the Chip and Biffs, all of those ones, blew past those, kept blowing past them. I became quite obsessed with reading, so it became like an an escape, I guess. And in our primary school, they used to have these theatre companies that would come in, that would come and do these plays for us, and I loved the act out, the magic key and everything. And I loved the storytelling, and then there was one that came in where there was no set, there was no screen, it was this guy who just sat down, this black guy who sat down, and they told us to close our eyes and to listen to the story. And that just hit me different because we had to go back to our classes and write and it down write we heard, in, yeah. in English. And I loved that. So I sort of became obsessed with reading at that point. Then I don't know if you guys remember, but 2006, 2007, every grime artist was basically a blogger. So mm. um, it's Jamie, Bash- especially. Jamie. Yeah, I remember. Um, Bashy, yeah. Tiny yeah. Temper. I used to read itsbashy.wordpress.com every day after school. And my parents used to have a printing shop. So I'd go there, and obviously I couldn't go home till the printing shop was closed. Yeah. And I'd just be reading all the blogs. So I started reading blogs and blogs and blogs. And then we started to read... I, I like period dramas. Mm-hmm. So I love watching Pride and Prejudice, all that sort of stuff. And we started reading those books in English. Yeah. And I started to enjoy it, because mm-hmm. I felt like... I find I love the idea of, um, of being consumed by a book. So yeah. when you're reading a book here yeah, and your mum calls you and she's like... Ah, Mary and I have to snap out of it. Yeah. And I felt like classic books did that really well. Yeah, they have a good way of cultivating your mind. Exactly. And just keeping you in. Yeah, and I remember I I just started I just loved reading those stories. I felt like they were so in detail and I feel like a lot of people don't give themselves, especially in our gen, because mm-hmm. of like there's so many interpretations of things on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't get to hear the real story because by the time you watch the Netflix special, yeah. that's an, edit- an editor's cut of a director's interpretation, of an actor's interpretation, of a script that that script writer mm-hmm, had edited mm-hmm. by another script writer. So it's like... It's been your, cut, 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 your, cut, yeah, cut your, throughout, yeah. Yeah, so you're taking in some and someone else's regurgitated interpretation of a story. Like it's like making alcohol. It's been distilled exactly. in all of this, so it's not the same it's not the as same. it was when it first came, yeah. Exactly, so like it misses certain nuances. Mm-hmm. And so I started to appreciate that. And I think the book, one book that I was so pissed off of based on that basis was like Half of a Yellow Sun. Wait. Well, let's, let's, okay, go, talk to me. Okay, so <laughs> Half of the Yellow Sun. Wait, because I like that book. No, 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 yeah. that's, that's a great book. But did you ever read the, um, did you ever watch the movie? I did. Okay, it's so they use they yeah. used Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. Mm-hmm. If you read the book, the main character is described as a light-skinned woman who is petite with an hourglass body shape. Tandy Newton is slim and, and tall. I feel like she's petite she's, she's petite-ish, but not like, not petite in oh, the no, sense. Oh, no, not like, petite in the sense of the meaning, she's not, yeah. yeah, she's not like... And it was like, I was just thinking, to all the people who are watching the movie and then 
not reading the book. It must be crazy. And so she has a sister in it who's supposed yeah. to be like a tall, slim, dark-skinned woman. The opposite of her, yeah. Exactly. But they use Anika Rose, mm. an exceptionally beautiful woman. And it takes away from Strong the tension. Features, amazing, yeah. It takes away from the tension that the book describes. So the book describes Coca-Cola bottle, light-skinned lady, petite, and a dark-skinned sister who is slim, tall, striking, harsh features, and the... And has got strong features, though. Yeah, but she's got, she's like... She's not tall, though, and but, she's yeah, not dark-skinned. Yeah, but she's, she's got, like, beautiful... Like, she's yeah. exceptionally beautiful. Like, she's universally beautiful. Mm. So how can you, when you're watching a movie, understand the tension that's supposed to be between two characters? But you know that's what movies do. That's, that's the flaw in what they do. Exactly. And the beauty of it. They exactly. give you that different comparison and that's, as to what the book is... What you basically what you've read a hundred, but then that's why I feel like sometimes it's good to take in the book because you it's a it's a different yeah it's your it's imagination a, yeah it's, you don't you don't get to you don't feel the gravity of the story in the same mm, way so then you like the fact that you can control that part for you yes. when you're reading it you can imagine what they would look like where it's based and what time period it, this might have been in exactly. whereas the movie just says to you, no, this is what it was, this is what it's held, so this is what you're going to believe. Exactly, and that's right. who the character has to be. So you start to identify a specific character to who the actor is, rather than the character having a life of its own. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love Half of the Yellow Sun, though. It's a good book, I love it. And Purple Hibiscus. Yes. I can't say her name, though. Who? Chimamanda Adichie. Right. Yeah, I'm Nigerian. That's it, mate. See, this is why I picked her, because I knew you was going to do it for me. Yeah, she's a great phenomenal yes phenomenal great writer writer yeah like wow she's really out there and she's dwelling into not just tradition but culture mm. and she does it in such a special way that keeps you in the loop now mm -hmm. you want to read americana you want to yeah. read purple hibiscus and you want to yeah. keep on it's kind of like you don't realize it but she's kind of like Marilyn blackman in terms of different books mm. she keeps you in the loop so you've got noughts and crosses and you've got thief and you, all of those things but you want to keep reading her next book yeah because of the way she writes so and one thing good, I, yeah one thing i say i also love about her is in her book americana i don't like her lead character i find that woman she just seems like a messy she's annoying she's messy and problematic <laughs> yeah. but she manages to keep you reading the book despite the fact that you don't like the protagonist you don't which is something that's good because yeah. not, not a lot of not a lot of authors can keep yeah. you in a book if, if you don't like the main character yeah. I don't like oh yeah I've, I've read a few books where the first chapter I'm like where did I buy this mm. I'm like, you You scammed me. The mm, book did not tell me this. Mm. Have you ever felt that when you've bought a book and you're just like, this, nah. is, this is not what I read? The thing is, for me, first page. That is it, same. First, first page. page. Really? I used to do that, but now I give it to the first nah. chapter, mm. you know? For me, it's the first page, even as much as I'll go the okay, first. Okay, so not allowing the, them. <laughs> the first couple sentences, even, for me. Cause uh, well, you know, a lecturer, nah, and a, you know this is. is an essay. The you introduction has to be great, so you, you don't read on. Nah, you know it is. For me, I see it as laying bricks okay. lay, lay each brick the foundation literally perfectly as possible mm -hmm. like each word perfectly okay captivate the reader then you've got them literally take for example pride and prejudice don't ask because i did this in a level and gcse i remember the first line <laughs> okay Gosh, it's the on. universally acknowledged fact that a man of good fortune is in search of a wife that is a oh, great Chris, that's what um who played her who played her who played her i forgot um, her name Kira Knightley. i hear her voice as you exactly. say that because i remember the movie it is it is a strong line this is a line you can disagree with but it is written impeccably yeah you the, can't, the movie, starts, keeps you, the movie just, starts with dawn and she yeah. says that in the background yeah. and it sets the mood for the, the movie that sets the mood for literally. me literally it's a problematic line, but it's a, it's a line Ooh, that sets you how up. How I miss highlighting and circling and just really right. breaking down the whole sentence. That was a great book. Yeah. And then they did a, I think they did an Asian version, Brides and Prejudice. I have not seen that one. I don't think you, you, I don't think you would like it particularly. Why? Because you're very, um, <laughs> do you know what it's not yeah, the same thing as so, it was so then it's going to make you, it's going to be, it's comical. So you're going to watch it and think, but why did you do this to the narrative? You're going to fit this. No, I might enjoy it though. I might enjoy it. Yeah. I do, I do love trash. Pleasure. I love, I love trash TV. So, okay. Oh, he does it, man. That takes you away from your own <laughs> life. So that's why I love trash TV. To be honest. Yeah. Is there anything that you're currently reading at the moment? Um, no, I feel like since my mobile phone has really entered my life. Ooh. It has ruined well, my... That's a social dilemma. Yeah, it's ruined my focus as much. So what's the last book I started? I started this book called... Oh, God. I started reading non-fiction in mm. the last year plus. That's good. That's, that's a really, good it's thing. It's really hard. It's a really hard thing for me to do. It's hard to get into non-fiction. Honestly, though. but I found... I realised that when you find authors who write in a style that you enjoy... So I love people who are conversational in their writing, so it makes it easier. 
I started reading this so book. Who would you, yeah, who would you say? So there's a couple books that I haven't finished because I tend to start things and pause them at a point. People Ooh, like actually, you, I don't understand. I have three you. books at a time and I have a fiction one going at the same time. Okay, um, do you, have you watched um, Children Isn't of Blood and Bone? I'm really, that's the book I'm reading yeah. right now. Yeah. Wait, why does this sound so familiar? Because it's oh, a book it's a that black... it, it's, um, he's, is it Tony? Oh. Tony something. We'll, we'll figure that out, out but you need it. to check it out. Someone that's very well on it at the beginning of the year and I bought it, but I hadn't had yeah. the time to read it. So I read it in isolation, but I'm reading it again just so I can actually understand Tony, it. Um, Tommy Adiemi. But it's a really good book. Oh, I'm then, so into it right now. It's a book I can't put down. I'm reading that with Beloved by Toni Morrison. Ooh. It's great to meet people that can read more than one book at a time. Yeah. I say this to someone, they're like, huh? You can't. Well, you're a no, multitasker's not really in your forte. I refuse to do it. It's not that I can't. Why? I refuse. Uh, you know, why are you allowing yourself to... Li- why are you limiting yourself like nah, that? Nah, once... I start reading the book and I'm into it. Mm-hmm. It's all I want to do. Okay, That's fair just enough. me. I have to. So you want to get to the end of this to, book and see, to, yeah. yeah. So are you, how are you with TV shows? You see, TV shows are different. I'll mm. be watching. Like, I can watch twelve TV shows at once. Yeah, which I think I'm currently lot, doing. I think a lot of people can do that, you know. So yeah, mm. TV shows are my drug, like because of I feel like with me personally because I visualize everything mm-hmm. before I write, mm-hmm. and that's come from t- me watching TV shows and movies. So yeah, man. I just love TV. Shows. I love it that someone can read more than one. This is amazing. Yeah. And you guys are gonna slate me for this. But what? <laughs> what are you gonna say? Because obviously I'm hearing you guys talking about books, naming authors. Yeah. This. I don't read. Why? Wait, wait. Not that I don't read. Mm-hmm. Please no, elaborate. I can actually say I don't read like that. Um, like growing up, mm-hmm. I read. A, I would say I read a lot like Biff and Chips. Yeah. Jacqueline Wilson. Like my favorite um, book is. Vicky Angel. That's one of my favourite Jackie Oh, Wilson. Jackie Wilson book. Yeah. Vicky That's a Angel. book I didn't rank around. That's one of my favourite books. I don't think I read that. Haven't you? I don't think a lot of people have. It's not really... Um, I find it amazing. I mean... Well, amazing for, girl, you know. Amazing for what back then. Mm. Um, but after I got to secondary school, year seven, I probably didn't read up until... I was 20. Mm. Whoa. Mm-mm. What, mm-hmm. three, three, no, really? no, yeah, not um, I. I've read since I could probably speak. I'm sorry, I can't yeah. do that one. I'm not gonna lie, I used to. I've go never to taken a break like that. In St Angela's, the librarians knew me. I used to go and put in requests. I put in requests for books. Since I even <laughs> promoted TLC when they revamped the whole Listen, library. There's a picture of me, Miss Bacon. As in what? No. I, I used I used to put in requests. All they used the time. To order, they used to, they used to yeah, and I'll be like, so where's this one? You said it was gonna come on Friday. Where's yeah. it? Oh, it's late, so I will let you know. And you know, it is the funny thing about me not reading was reason why I actually got back into reading mm-hmm. was because um, there was something that happened around my area mm-hmm. where there was no internet mm. for, okay. anybody, for anybody oh, wow. and back then my data was already free I had free GB data and mm-hmm. that ran out so I thought what am I going to actually do there's nothing on TV so, so I went to the library mm-hmm. the green library and then um, I stumbled across uh, what's his name James Patterson mm. he loves this author. listen this guy he he's, he's basically changed my the way I write when I used to sorry to talk when I used to meet up with Mix yeah this is the book he'll carry listen. He will, he's even got it now I promise you uh-huh. Mix carry James Patterson on his back wait is this that guy that writes all those um, on his chest the men's sort of books and oh, I think I might be getting it this wrong. guy is, is James Patterson. I need him to meet him oh no, no I don't know this author I know the I'm name this, he's gonna put you he's on. the best thriller writer oh, in here the we go. world really? in the world that this is his guy and the thing is even though I was writing I still wasn't reading, mm-hmm. but when I went and got uh, some of his books, it literally changed how I write. Um, just the way he writes his world, just the way he describes the in- how intense he makes things. He kind of longs things out so you so you want to find out more. Mm. Yeah. What would be your favourite yeah. book of his? Um, Kill Me If You Can. Oh, yeah. That yeah. book, oh, it's just amazing. Okay, so a quick question. Yeah. I think we should, or maybe all of us answer. Mm. Okay, so what would you say the biggest contributor to your writing style is now? What are the biggest things? So what books? That's a good and question. what come? What factors? It was factored into it. Um, That's a good question. <laughs> James Patterson, kill me if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and there's another one called Invisible that mm-hmm. you wrote. From mm, for me, Dan Brown, The Digital Fortress. Because mm-hmm. it was my first proper like novel, it always I always 
stumble across it when I'm writing. I realised that I even, my writing style is similar to his, not too much, but because mm. it was a book that I adapted myself to read. And um, definitely, can't say her name. Oh, Chimamanda. Yeah. <laughs> She's definitely inspiring me at the moment to write, like, not like her, but to write in that kind of frame so, and mindset. Yeah. But yeah, that's a very good question. Mm. And I don't know. Hmm, I'm but, okay, so aside that. from books, who else? Like, what, what like, motivates you to what write? Motivates, what motivates your writing style? Um, Everyday life. Mm. So, like, are you guys conversational writers? Do you write as if, like, you're giving your audience a view in? Like, how... So, what... what? So, for me, mm -hmm. you would have to really, really know me. But if you read my books and read my stuff, or even... So, currently, right now, the book club, I've started a monthly newsletter. If you read it, you will know it's me. Mm. I'm always... I'm telling you now, and I'm saying this early now, just here for reference, and I'm not going to say it again... <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. It's my life. It's my experience. Mm. More time. And I've just embellished a little. Yeah. Honestly. Because I feel like it's um, it's a nice outlet for me as well. Yeah. When it comes to um, suffering from, like, anxiety and depression. This has been... It, writing saved me. Mm. People don't know, but writing saved me. But literally, I write and it's my experience. And then I'll have a memory. And I won't realise that I've suppressed it. But I'm writing. And I'm like, this definitely happened. Like, this definitely... I'm not... I'm not bugging out. I'm sure this yeah. is me. As I'm reading it, I'll ask my mum, when I was, she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, yo, how did I do that? Yeah. But it's literally my experiences mm -hmm. and I just embellish. But if I'm going deep, deep down into fiction, like I'm currently writing a thriller, which is even scaring me. I think Ooh. that's why I stopped writing it. Ooh. But um, it's called In Tune. It's a psychological thriller. Yeah. And it's about, um, yeah, mixed with love it. It's about a mum who suffers from anxiety and depression but she doesn't realize she does oh. until um you know things take place in her life i don't want to ruin it but mm -hmm. certain certain things and certain life experiences take place and then she starts to realize why she suffers from that yeah. she eventually becomes schizophrenic by the way oh so God. this is why it's scaring me to continue writing this because it not only is it a trigger but um it's common for women to go through this because of what she's gone through mm. but um that's the first time i've ever dwelled into fiction that deep mm. so as i'm writing it i'm like whoa where is this going where is that going whereas usually when i'm writing it it's experience whereas poetry is different that one that talent's on god because i can give you give me a word and i'm gonna just write Come on, and I'm, yeah this one listen this one i'm gonna claim it now <laughs> i never used to claim it years ago but when i read my poems i'll be like oh you did that Hello. Come on. And I look at a word, I'll be like, what would you look at that? <laughs> Reading does pay off, doesn't yes. it? Yes. So then, yeah, it's different. I think for Mix, yes. Patterson is his guy. See, for me, um, things that motivate me to write is literally picking up, going to the shop, whether it be W.A. Smith or whatever, and seeing a book that I would want to pick up and mm. read, especially for black culture as well. Yeah. I, I write stuff that black people can relate to, in a sense, uh, because the, the stigma that black people don't read. Yeah. So, because um, I want to get into films as well, I see it as... Because yeah. there's always hood films, apparently. Yeah. I want to <laughs> show people that there's different types of stories that the black community tells as well. Yeah. So I look at every aspect of life that black people go through, as well as I use my own imagination as well. That, for example, I want to say a black, a black James Bond, but someone a, sp a black spy because mm -hmm. you don't see black spies in books yeah. or films or like a a black bar bartender having a, a, a good storyline yeah. or a barber having an interesting story background mm. just stuff like that that black people can relate to pick up and if it does get picked up and turned into a movie gives opportunities to black young black actors directors yeah. and all that stuff so I, i'm not just writing for me, but for everybody to experience different stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say for me, because I have a blog that oh. I write. Oh, yeah. Oh, called Stra Strategy in Silks. Yeah. So I'm a bit obsessed. Well, I've been obsessed with like fashion for a while. So like, my first 
My I'm going to interrupt you. <laughs> I have been telling this girl to be a model. I even said, Let's for you, for... I will manage. <laughs> Let's I look said, for serious something. Guys, please. at the end, when she gives you her social media, follow. That's what I'm going to say. Mary has a little thing, and I don't know what it is. Like, she knows what's working for her. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not only does she dress according to... I can't get into it. Mary has an oh, she's just yeah, she has an eye for fashion. It's it's I call her my mini Naomi. I'm telling you, <laughs> she has an eye for fashion. Like you just get in a picture and you think, how? So subtle, so oh, the colours just anyways, just thought I should do <laughs> because I've been telling you, so the day you you come back to me, you let me know that I did this. Okay. <laughs> Someone mm. spots you. Mm. <laughs> cool. Mm. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you can go back. So, um, I've been obsessed with like, fashion for a while. And I sort of started... Uh, I tried a blog initially on Tumblr called Numero Atelier. And I used to like, look at fashion shows and I'd pick pictures and I'd write little analysis on stuff. So, I think part of my writing style came from reading the way that the journalists in fashion would write. And obviously from the literature that I'd read. But I was also a bit of a nerd. So, I read like The Economy. I used to read... I, I don't know what I, was, I don't know what was going on if with me in year eleven. I used to read The Economist and oh. Reuters. And my my search history was The Economist, Reuters, Tumblr. Um, I used to sort of pre into Twitter for a little bit because I started seeing it through Facebook because people kept posting their links yeah, on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the books I was reading, so I started to learn from that. And then obviously, when you get to A level and you go to study economics at uni, everyone had to read. Everyone wrote on their cover letter. I've read Freakonomics. So this is this book that's like um, it's explaining oh like the economics behind drug dealing, why drug dealers will live at home with their mum, all of that sort of stuff. So I found that I really liked conversational, mm-hmm. um, conversational writing. Um, so when it comes to like my writing style behind strategy and silks, oh let me just even explain what it is. So it's basically a blog that deep dives into um, the business of fashion because a lot of the time when people see articles, they there's a, there's an assumed expectation in terms of your knowledge that, oh, you should know what this deal was or what the history is. And I feel like that kind of alienates a lot of people because if you're interested and you don't know, then, like, how are you supposed to understand the story unless you start doing all this additional research? And most people might not feel like doing that. Mm -hmm. So, like, taking that casual, like, conversational idea, I sort of like to... I don't know, I feel like... I want to explain it to you without being condescending right. or... You want to break it down so yeah. I can also feel intrigued yeah, so, what you're reading. Yeah, so, like, for example, on, like, little things with the... How do I say like, The marketing for the articles on the Instagram page, mm. I will, like, find the way to make the title relatable. So what do you and LVMH have in common? Like, buyer's remorse, something that you and LVMH have in common. So everybody buys stuff and gets to the point where they're like, I don't want this thing anymore. Yeah. Same way LVMH, they were buying Tiffany which is a designer brand, they're like, they don't want, they don't want Tiffany anymore because Tiffany's overpriced. But like, so my size, my writing style is more so about trying to make it relatable, but I have a bit, oh, and I'd say maybe my work. So I used to work, I used to work in equity research. So they used to cuss me out because I was like a literature writer. Like I love giving detail. I love describing everything. Mm, that's what they want. <laughs> when I tell you, I remember my mentor looking at my, um, I used to have to write morning emails and he used to be like, do you like, do you struggle to just like write concise things? <laughs> Like, they used to go on, because I used to be wordy, like, mm. a 10 words for what you could write one word for. So, yeah, that's like, it's like, you like you know, I think that sounds it's so good when you're writing literature, right? Because you're giving people more to visualise with. But when you're writing something that's, like, professional... That needs to be concise. Yeah, concise. Yeah, you it can't doesn't, write like that. Yeah, so I've had to... It's like I've been... I feel like I'm somewhere in between the literature, mm. the professional-ish writing, and, like, trying to be your mate who's explaining it to you. So I feel like that's yeah. my... That's my... That's stuff. your standpoint right yeah. now. So, if, so that people can understand what you're doing. And yeah. Stuff. So what made you want to create the Instagram? Like, why now? What makes you want to do it? Do you know what? So, I don't know. Like, okay, so I'm not working at the moment and I have ample free time and I come up with like a million one ideas of things that I say I want to do. Okay. Um, so I had this business before called Atty Silks, which is basically finding vintage luxury items and helping people buy them so for example like you know the Dior saddlebag yeah every that the original Dior saddlebag was selling on Vestia which is a resale website three years ago for about 150 pounds 150 pounds if you were to buy that today that's like 2,500 2,600 yeah. oh, I saw that 
Like, so it was only 150. 150, and you could That's find crazy. a crazy amount of them at that point. So my thing was okay if I can spot what the next trend is, what's going to be reissued. So you could find the vintage. You could one find thing. the vintage one before mm. the average consumer realizes what the markup is. You're beating the trend already. Then you're beating the trend, mm. and you're spending a lot less money. It's like I had. I sort of knew that I I liked um, doing that, and I used to write little blurbs underneath the posts going into detail and I, I enjoyed the writing and so I was like, okay, cool. How do I sort of apply the knowledge from work and also keep that stuff in? Mm-hmm. So I started writing and I wrote the, I would write like, I write sort of mini essays. So aside from the Instagram, there's a blog where I write like mini essays explaining stuff. So like, for example, Klarna, because everyone just talks about Klarna, pardon me, like it's some terrible thing, but it's not that bad. It's just people I, mean, I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it's good either. Like, it's not I'm good. Not, I'm not someone that, I've never done Klarna, yeah. so I don't, I'm not someone that would do it. But when I first saw it on, I think it was Pretty Little Thing, Yeah. and as I'm checking out, it said, um, now you've got the option, you've got PayPal, mm. you've got your credit card, debit card, and then you've got Klarna. So I was like, what's this Klarna? And I really, and I was like, wait, so you don't want me to pay, I think it was two items was at the time, Three ninety three this month, then three ninety three that month, then yeah. three ninety three that month. Instead of just buying the outfit now, but things and I was like, mm, it doesn't even sound bad. It doesn't. However, that's, that's how it ropes people in. This is it. But I the feel thing like is, it's. Mm-mm. I don't think about it. it. Doesn't sit with me well. So I've never done it. I don't think the idea of using Klarna in itself is bad. I think the issue right. is poor money, not poor money management, but not thinking it through. Do you understand? Like, yeah. I mm. think if you're buying. I don't know, let's say you're spending... I don't think Klarna should be on websites like Pretty Little Thing. I was going to say, I don't think it should be for clothing. I don't personally think it should be for clothing. So when I did my master's, I wrote an idea for something similar for Klarna, but I think it should be used for stuff like luxury. So if you're going to spend £900 on something and you want to spend £600 up front, I think you should be able to use Klarna to pay the three, the remaining 300 yeah, over two, three months. That makes sense. I feel it's, like it yeah. should be big sums of money. Exactly. Not that because I couldn't get this dress in jeans, now I'm paying 280 today, 280 on the 1st of next month. To, I feel like, no. Exactly. Yeah, no. so so my, my, my point in that article, the first one that I put out was, okay, cool. Klarna in itself isn't bad, but because of how they're putting themselves on certain brands, on certain things like Pretty Little Thing, yeah. they're going to take the lion's share of the responsibility because nobody talks about how Pretty Little Things are endangering their customers by yeah. offering them the opportunity to finance a £15 bag. Like, it's why, like why, why are you doing that? And it was never promoted. You just went to your checkout and it was just there. Exactly. You never knew what it was. Exactly. It. And even then, it's not in... It's the What they put out there, it's not in depth. You don't actually know what's going to happen. It doesn't give you your TNCs. It just yeah. tells you that this is what's going to happen and yeah. this is why you're doing it and it's an option for you. Try it out. Like, yeah. And it's like, no. And there's, there's others that's come out that have come out as well. Like, there's clear, clear pay, yeah. yeah so, so. I got clear school. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's on your phone. It's basically it's kinda of like experience, but it's a free app. Oh there's so, clear score and there's clear pay. So clear score's oh, the credit yeah. agency. Clear pay is the I was thinking, yeah. Clear pay is the oh, same clear as clear pay I've seen. Clear yeah, pay is yeah, yeah. yeah. they clear pay I've yeah. seen. It's kinda of like a clown as well. Yeah. Yeah. But like my thing is okay, they need to so my I I so I'd write the case for that and then I'd like give the solution. So mm-hmm. what do I think they should do? So my thing is Klarna should require like they should come up with a deal where it says, Okay, if you're gonna buy if you're going to use some, if you're going to use, PL, if you're going to buy something from PLT using Klarna, mm-hmm. then you need to spend a minimum amount of. Yeah. So like, that's what I think should happen. Exactly. So my so idea, I know that I can trust you to spend this minimum amount again. Yeah, and the thing is, it yeah. wasn't. It was. It shouldn't even be. My thing is, it shouldn't be qualified. So my idea was this: What is the most expensive item <clears throat> on Pretty Little Thing right now? If the most expensive item on Pretty Little Thing right now is seventy-five pounds, you should be required. Your basket should be worth twice the value of that across five items. If your item, if your basket isn't automatically at that point, you shouldn't even be able to ask for it. That's true. Yeah. So like that was what. So that's what like the bloggers. It should be a minimum amount. That's yeah. True. So it's like okay, giving building the case and then offering a solution, but in a way that's like everybody can everybody can read it and anyone can debate it if they want to. Yeah, I mean it works out in favor of some because if you get paid weekly or fortnightly, stuff yeah. that can work out for you. But if not, it just to me, I just it's just not something that I'm down to do. Mm. It comes from clothing anyway. Mm. I feel like technology, laptops. Mm. You see how like in Apple you can finance your Mac, and yeah. your iPad, stuff like that. That's fine because, like you said, it's a huge sum of money. When yeah. it's that small for like a fifty pound dress, I'm not fond of it. Like that. doesn't make sense. Yeah, not for me. It's not. It's not something I want to do. But it's good what you're doing. I'm assuming it's reaching out there to who you want it to reach to. Yeah. 
Yeah, because like, one thing I, I sort of learned, so there's this book I read called No Filter. It's about the story of Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so the founders behind it said that they made this decision that they weren't trying to reach as many people as possible. They wanted to reach people who were like true believers, people who were interested. So my thing is, do you know what? I don't need everybody to be on board. You need, I just need to get people who are interested right. in the stories. And when they are like interested, they become like your evangelists. The same way you guys write books. When yeah. you guys find your audience, people that like are who are really into your writing style, that like the novels that you write, that like your erotica, that like your thrillers that you guys have coming out. When when you find that audience, they will be your biggest salesman. The same way yeah. that you're a big advocate of James Peter Patterson. Patterson? Yeah. 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 That's the way that like someone's gonna be a massive um, like fan and advocate of you guys as well and like yeah. of strategy and silk. So I just try to, do you know, I put it out, hopefully people who are into <laughs> it gravitate towards yeah, it. Listening. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, it means that it means that it's reaching to who you want it to reach to. Yeah. And it's a business Instagram as well. Yes. Yes. So, That's good, man. So mix. What's next for you? Because it seems like you're delving into another part of life. Mm -hmm. You haven't put anything out there. That's person. you know it is. I put something out. How long ago? This was just for fun because I was bored during quarantine. And I thought, let me write something for quarantine, innit? Mm -hmm. So I put something out. What was it about? Yeah. Um, essentially, it's about a guy stuck in quarantine, bored. I feel like you told me this, yeah. Um, well, prior to quarantine, he went out on a date Ooh. with a girl. And I'm not going to lie to you, that piece of writing that I've done, I feel like it's the best that I've done. Yeah, how I started it. Um, they went out on a date, everything went well, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then I think the following week they had to quarantine, so he he hasn't seen her in a long time. Okay. Um, and then one day, she pops up. Ah, oh, I'm free. Do you want to come over? Now he's thinking, oh, should I break the rules mm. and go out? Or nah? Mm. So he's kind of having a, a a tussle with himself. Eventually, yeah. he goes. Um, what happens next is kind of what you have to read. Okay. Okay, so you don't want to tell us that. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> this is exciting. This is but, um, wait, hold on. I want to do something. Where can we find this book? This is on Wattpad. It's called Lockdown. Are you still using Wattpad? Yeah, I'm still using Wattpad. I haven't even tried to go back to Wattpad in ages. Really? Quick yeah. question. You know when you guys publish, do you guys like... Are you are you enthusiastic about publishing for yourself, or are you interested in like going to big publishers? Is that like where's the where's the goal? Um, for me personally, at first, when I was a newbie, I was like, oh yeah, I want to get published by so and so, mm -hmm. have my books, they'll do everything for me. Blah, yeah, blah, I feel blah, like blah, every, blah. every writer's dream is Penguin, and then it goes yeah. from there. <laughs> but as as you grow and you learn about the industry itself, you mm -hmm. re you realize mm -hmm. self publishing is really the way. Same mm -hmm. as like yeah. music industry being independent. Yeah, it's, it's probably the, the way for you to go. It's the way. Because then it's less of cutting out the man, and it's all for you. Yeah. However, I do have a publishing contract. Oh. Um, with uh, I can yeah I can say them. I'm allowed. Austin McCauley, then Canary Wolf. Um, Love that. The book was meant to come out this year, just before COVID. The book is done. So, yeah, that should be coming out soon. Don't want to put the date out there and jinx myself. <laughs> but that's it's pretty much done. They sent me the cover and it worked and everything in February. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Like, you see a little barcode, your ISP number, and your little name. And it's like, hey. yeah. So, I didn't mind doing that. But again, I don't know if I would um, stay with them because I did. I did like the self-publishing. Mm -hmm. However, Amazon they rob you. Yeah. Oh, Amazon they rob you. Really? Oh, they rob you. Think you think you're getting a good deal? You think? You think? Oh, I clicked on the seventy percent royalty, so I'm good. No, sir. Explain. No, explain, sir. please. I'm curious. So, obviously. Amazon right now, they're great for everything. Mm -hmm. Same day delivery, groceries. They've even got a partnership with Morrison's. They're doing everything, yeah? So now they've got Amazon Kindle publishing. So you can even just be an author just like that today. You post your manuscript, you post everything, you choose your royalties. So there's a 70% and there's a 30% one. They do break it down. There's a whole TNT page. Um, me just loving law, I actually read it down. I was like, no, this makes sense. I get this amount for each time it sells. Mm -hmm. However, they do charge you on the cost of printing and putting it out there as well. So you need to read that part yeah. thoroughly. 
Mm-hmm. So I remember someone bought my first book, I thought for all, and then I checked my account. I said, no, that's not the price of the book. That's not what I was meant to get. Oh. So I'm calculating it, I'm doing everything, and I'm like, okay, the cost of printing is more than the royalty. Whoa. Yeah. So wait, so are the they, royalty are they... is not 70%. If anything, that seventy percent is basically everything in total of what they take as well. Okay, so I was I was gonna ask. So okay, the you get the price of the books. Let's say the book is nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. They take their thirty percent from that. Let's say from that ten pounds, they take three pounds. Mm-hmm. And is it now from that seven pounds that they decide the the printing and everything else? Is instead of them. So I'll give you. I'll give you this year because I think I can say it on record. So a thought for all is I think it's three fifty yeah. for um, Kindle or the paperback. One of them. I get maybe two pounds ten, if that, and that's from Kindle. From the paperback, I get like one pound seventy-five or something. It's not that much. They take quite a lot, but it makes sense. Cause think about it. How can we think we're gonna self-publish and someone is printing, giving us an ISBN number, giving us a barcode, and giving mm. us? Book- yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. They're clearly, they're going to take some things out. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know if I would you still stick with Amazon. Because obviously you've got a string of there's, lies there. There's, so. better, um, there's better other publishing, self-publishing books mm-hmm. that you can go to. It's all about just doing your research on what makes sense of course. to you, yeah. essentially. So, yeah. Yeah. Is it possible for you guys to like, switch off, switch over from publishers? To say how you guys have switched on Amazon, on Amazon now, can you take that book from Amazon and put it on another publisher? Should be able to. No, you should be able to, because yeah, Amazon's be. contract is not as far as if, like, for example, my publishing contract is for two years. Mm-hmm. It's not as far as that. So you should be able to, like, put things out there. But a lot of people are very strict. So, like, for example, Murky Books, they had a previous competition uh, sometime in September whereby they wanted you to send in your manuscript and everything. However, there were terms and conditions. You couldn't be self-published. You couldn't have put anything out there yet. And you needed to not... Yeah, you needed to not put anything out there. I don't even know if that included WordPress, but they wanted you to be basically fresh and new. That said, that they can be like, you know, you yeah. came to us, let's put this out here for you. Mm. Which was great, because imagine all those writers, they've now got this platform that something's created, so now you can be a writer through someone else. Yeah. So it's kind of like a penguin, but they're now, they're dwelling into the youth more. Mm. So it's really, really good. But you should be able to take some from Amazon and get, I'm sure you should be able to. Yeah. I'll look into that, but don't know about staying with them. They help. I recently put something up there after lockdown. Because I wanted to put something out there, mm-hmm. but I totally forgot about Wattpad. <laughs> I really did. I don't I know. Did, I just. Like, I don't know if people still use that. I like Wattpad and read because it's just easy and it's less pressure. It's just mm. I write what I want to write, edit it. It's very free, yeah. And I'll put it up there. Yeah. Like I'm gonna give you guys a little, a little satin satin. Okay. <laughs> oh, you gonna drop? You gonna? A little, a little oh, I'm excited. Let's go. Let's go. I hope everyone's got like a glass of wine. Come <laughs> on. Back. I've always been attracted to her simplicity. The way she switched up her look effortlessly and not an ounce of beauty would be compromised. She was rich in melanin, no taller than five foot six, so naturally I towered over her the day we first met. My tall frame will tower over most women, but mine was met with her earthy brown eyes. Captivating and deep, I stood there in a trance, wondering what this feeling coursing through my, coursing through me was. Not lust, but infatuation. I'm gonna end it there. Boy, towered. So it was really stuck with me. Towered. Towered. Into the earthy eyes. The earthy eyes. The melanin. Okay. So it was a good thing. Bars. We got bars. What's the soundtrack? What will be the back? What's the backing soundtrack to that? It's got to be smooth. Maybe some Masego. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some Masego. A little bit of jazz, no. a little bit of sex you in the background. Trumpets in the it's back. It's my... Um, mm. Because I used to do poetry, mm-hmm. I feel like the way I wrote it just flows. Oh, you don't even yeah. send me stuff like that anymore. Just ignore this. You know it is? A lot of we things... We used to send each other... Mm-hmm. The, the thing about being friends with writers, it can be amazing. You yeah. just send each other poetry and just be like, oh, and then, you know, you can write one back. Yeah. Don't even do that anymore. What do you guys think about putting your poetry on Instagram? Okay. Oh. I see a lot of people doing that. I know. think Vex King does that and RH Sin, they do that quite a lot. Mm. Um, RH Sin wrote um, Empty Bottles, I think Milk and Honey, stuff, 
stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I've thought about it. I have. Mm-hmm. Like, I've even deleted everything on my Insta. And if you realise now, I'm trying to put writing stuff there. I'm trying to get an algorithm going on there. I'm trying to put my stuff and then have a column of just writing. I've mm-hmm. thought about it. But then it's pressure. Once you put something out there, you have to keep on putting things yeah. out there. Yeah. And someone's waiting on it. And it's yeah. like, so when's the next one? When's the next I one? Get, and it's like, now time. I owe you, you know? Mm. This thing is for fun. Yeah. <laughs> so please, I'm already, I've already got pressure the fact that I'm putting books out there. Mm-hmm. And this used to be my first love. Mm. Was, was always reading. So let's not make, let's not ruin this for me. Mm. So I don't know, it's a good thing. I might, I might. That's like taking a break from writing. A small, small mm. break. I'll be back. Probably. Did you feel pressure? Is that why? Not really pressure, but I just wanted to try other things okay. and then other things where I could merge it with my writing as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm doing other things at the moment. And what then, are you doing? Um, I make um, homemade crafted cocktails. Woo! So I've got uh, my own cocktail page where I show people how to make classic recipes. What's it called? Mixology. Mixology. So classic recipes and recipes that um, they probably not heard of before, as well as selling my own cocktails as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, started that literally during lockdown. Oh, um, fancy, fancy. Yeah, it's going well. Big things coming. There's an end goal as well. I'm going to merge cocktails with my writing as yeah. well somehow. You guys will see Cocktails with the writing. Yeah. That could be like a like a book club, like a yo. So you guys will soon see. They'll come and take my hustle, you know. <laughs> have, you, have you considered a brunch? Oh, hey, hey, hey! Everything. A bottomless brunch with hey, books. Yo. I'm your friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me things that I've got lined up because oh, of the pandemic. Oh, oh, I can't be joking things. Oh, honey. There's so many Sweetie. things. There's so I'm many sorry. Things. It's okay. You can do the cocktails after the brunch, but don't be dropping. You know, don't be taking my hustle. <laughs> You know, no, I'm joking. No, That'd be great. I've got so many things that I know. Even, even combining the um, the writing cocktails and no, that's the, actually and the I'll acting be there as for well. That. Yeah, and so, acting too. Yeah, I'll be yeah. there for that. If you're doing so, acting, is that them sipping paints? Yeah, so kind of like I'm. Um, like, I don't know if that's the agenda you're going with, but if you do stuff like that, I'll be there for that. Yeah, like an improv thing where on each table is like an improv thing, but then people don't start doing the improv until they've had a couple cocktails. So everyone's a bit loosened up. Yeah, that would Whoa, be. Whoa, you just got you got to write what? what <laughs> yes, just say you go off the. Lines, whoever the you're lines right, you're writing off that drunken personality. What? <laughs> Incredible. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that would be a vibe. Uh, a dangerous corona. one. <laughs> after Corona. Yeah, no, yeah, there's so much to do. I want so to even do um, the panel event I did. So the book club launched this year, January 18th. Mm-hmm. And Wait, I want to do... That was this year. I know, yeah. right? This, this year, year feels like 10 years. It feels like it just... It feels like after February, like, what happened? We don't know. But <laughs> I thought to myself, I want to do that annually. Because yeah. I think that we sit. I loved the venue, I loved the concept, and yeah. I loved the fact that the right audience was there. Like, mm. People genuinely loved that panel, and the fact that we had spoken word, and there was food, and it was very bougie. I and like I, the decor as well. Yeah, oh, thank you, honey. I try. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know, we got, we got, I want to do that again. God willing, hey, COVID, if you could let me, God oh, willing, I'll do that in Jan again. I and then that support. bottomless brunch. That was also something to do in the spring. That's a shout. Oh. You can do bottomless brunch any season. Yeah, and I want the book club to do workshops with secondary schools oh. for English Lit. Um, English language, should I say, when you're in your nine. But with yeah. English, and just do workshops with them and get them into reading and writing. Because believe it or not, you mentioned something earlier about um, people not reading so much as how they used to, yeah? Yeah. The, social media. Definitely. People yeah. will tweet something and, and then everyone's like, oh, this is long. You get a WhatsApp message or see it and see more. You're like, oh, what did you write? Yeah. Let me tell you guys, copy and paste that into words here. It's a good 90 words. Literally. Like, the fact that you are educated and that's bothering you to read that, that's an issue. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You shouldn't just read for education purposes read or for work. Pleasure. Read for pleasure. However, the more you know, it is dangerous. The, mm. world, then, the, the world then becomes very scary, people. Yeah. And so you have to tread carefully, but... You do have to read to know more. Word to yeah. Dr. Seuss, I'm telling you guys. Come on. It really helps. So. I would click, but I can't do that one. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I got you. But honestly, guys, this is why I'm so like, you got to read, you got to read, you got to yeah. read, you got to read. Yeah. There was one article I read this week, yeah, that was very interesting about what you're saying about like the length of tweets. Mm-hmm. This guy called um, Jean Bouillard, he's like this yeah. philosopher and he talks about, basically he had this theory in like 1980 about how... Um, the internet was changing us, was moving us towards this idea of like hyper reality where 
okay, for example, before we'd go from like long form, from like books, articles, and condense mm. things into small form, but now we're so obsessed with the small form yeah. that like we're making massive articles, or people are writing massive articles over like a Trump tweet. And everything that we're seeing is a reflection of a reflection of a reflection of a reflection. So we don't get original content as much as we used to. Yeah, that's true. So like the books that you're doing, your workshop, that's original content that's giving people... I'm even surprised books still sell. I feel like I feel like hardback books, paper books are coming back because I don't Everyone's feel like I don't feel like Kindle slap. I don't I don't yeah, I don't I'm not a fan I never of that stuff. Kindle. Not a Kindle. I love a smell of a new book. Yep. Yes. I love when I buy it, I flick through. Yes. Give me that smell. Like come on. <laughs> this is yes, this is gonna be a good book. Yeah. Like I, I feel like if a book don't have that smell, it's not You're gonna not interested. Uh, I know it. That's my gut instinct now. Mm. And more time I'm right. I'm like, see, I knew I should have because <laughs> where was your smell? It didn't, it really didn't yeah. I, I didn't feel the feeling that i get so i just know yeah. so i'm i'm surprised they sell like, I'm, I'm surprised magazines are still out yeah, that and one. newspapers mm. like newspapers are, they're really trying to be so relevant that they now majority of them are free yeah, yeah. you know what i mean back in the day the guardian was at one pound 20 and mm. financial times you had to subscribe per month and they, their subscriptions are mad online you know very very you mad know much, by the way do you know how much it is for because i'm with financial 50, times 59 something so, I was like, <laughs> it's, it's a crazy one but I'm just like, wow, how is this gonna, like I sit down and I think five years on from now, is reading gonna still be there? But I think, yeah, cause there's always gonna be something to write about. Yeah. It's just depending on, are you gonna buy it? Or can, like, how do you guys read on your phone? Doesn't that strain your eyes? It's, I, just well, not, it's not fun. I can't do no, it. I'm not an ebook person. Or an audio, but I'm, not, I'm not reading anything if I'm not, um, what's the word? If it's not something that I like, mm, I'm not gonna. Course, read, yeah. I'm not gonna read something random. No. Yeah. Oh. But you know what that is? You've grown up. You now know what you like, what you yeah. don't like. Your you, what really like, what ticks you, what don't. You now know the definition of patience. When you're young, it's very easy to learn things. For example, another language yeah. to swim, to ride a bike. You can be so skillful by the age of three, and you won't even know because you're empty. So you want to do all these things. But don't you feel like so, we should? Yeah. We still need to keep that. Momentum. You, to keep that kid you do, alive you, you do, but then it's all about your nature and nurture, isn't it? I don't mm. want to do psychology, but do you get what I mean? It's all yeah. about your nature and nurture. So what you surround yourself in and what you want to then be, it's crazy. Like for example, we're all in our twenties. This is I don't know about you, but this decade, I get me out of it. <laughs> Ready? Okay, yeah, it's like, gonna be amazing. I'm no, 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 no. The twenties get me out of it. The twenties, hundred percent. I'm not here for it. I'm here for it. I, do you know why? Sensational. I, I think the twenties has been the most emotional roller coaster absolutely like wow nobody prepped me for this nobody told me this is how it's gonna go mm. then i look at everyone in the 30s i'm not comparing but i'm like wow you guys are on your prime like it looks like you now know who you are because mm. like you've passed the first decade you look like you know who you are you know the woman you want to be mm. the mother or this wife or this husband or this job you know the career you want to go into yeah. the 20s is it's so much you're confused you know it is. it's a puberty times two i can't definitely you know it, you know it is we leave school Mm. essentially get thrust into uni yeah yeah we yeah. get thrust into the uh, a whole new world <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're studying for three four years mm. we're already into our 20s mm-hmm. we're now adults no guidance Just we're, we're, jump supposed to, we're supposed to know what to do but we're still finding our foot in mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. and then we're going through our 20s trying to find the right person the mm-hmm. right job mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. stress you might yeah. have kids <sighs> All that experience you got, you take it into now your thirties, where you're more sure of yourself. You know what kind of direction you want to go into. Yeah. You might have the right yeah. partner. So I thought that that's why people come. I'm excited to turn thirty. But yeah. don't you do, do you know one thing? I feel like for me, I say the last couple of years have been like I'm someone who likes to plan things out in terms of this is what I want to hit by this age, and I've been yeah. like that since I'm like. 15, I think that's 16. why I'm not liking it. But then, do you know what I've realised? There's like I think I'll say like okay, I'm Christian. So I say like, one thing I feel like God has done yet has like shook. That oh. whole idea of like he I'm not in control. The table. Do you understand? Like there's there's a chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think we I think part of one of the beautiful things about the tw- about our twenties is is learning to embrace the chaos. Like there's a beauty in the chaos. And I think yeah. in hindsight, when we hit thirty, we're gonna be like, oh, that thing was chaotic. Or I had yeah. this period of time where I didn't have any of the sh- any of the yeah. stuff I wanted. Yeah. And we'll just be able to like appreciate. We'll be able to appreciate it more because like in the eye of the, of the storm, all you're seeing is like shit hitting towards it's you chaos. but like, once you're outside of it you'll be able to see oh right okay that's, that was chaotic but it's kind of it's kind of pretty 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so we kind of weird yeah. way festive fallacies kind of weird. Yeah. Like, mm, okay, I see why you took place I then. But because I'm like, you feel like because you're 25 or you're 26 or even 29, you feel like you're old. But in theory, you know you're still young, right? Baby. We are babies. We are in the first decade. No, it is. We don't know. I feel like, like honestly. With, with me personally, I've never planned anything. Mm. I don't plan. I get that vibe. I just don't like it. But how do you? How do you? How do you? How do you manage that? Oh, like, you you're very I'm, laid back. Listen. Oh, I can't what's stand laid back people. What's supposed you know? to happen will happen. That's that's mm. been me forever. That like, even when it came to school, my writing, me. anything. Yeah. If it's gonna happen, it will happen. I'm gonna pause you there. That scares me. And so that's why the twenties for me was a very like punch in the face. I'm a very plan. Okay, plan A didn't work. Let's try plan B. Okay, mm. you failed. Let's try this avenue. So when things weren't it failing in a sense, but they were just drifting into some. I was out of control. Yeah. Like you said, in terms of that, I had to realise, I don't know why you've been planning your life like God ain't planned it for you. Yeah. And I had to actually have to, I'm still in the process, but I had to let go of a lot of things and realise, I don't, I, this this thing called life, yo, it, yeah. it's got me by the ropes because I don't know what's going to happen next. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I've learned more about failing forward. So if, if, I, if things <laughs> either smash or you're, failing, you're moving forward in some way. If you moving. told me, in school, yeah, I'm that playground. And if you told me, I said that you're gonna have a podcast and a book club and all this before I was a lawyer, before I had a kid, or before I planned to even get engaged yeah. by 25, I'll tell you, I'm engagement by 25. I thought like, a lot of women thought that when we were young, did. 25 is big. I'm supposed to be having my first, according to my timeline, uh, I'm, I'm 60, supposed, supposed to be having my, my first child. Yeah, I'm 26. I'm supposed to have my first child. Before July 24th next year. Yeah, see, I didn't date on it. No, because I thought I turned 26. Because I thought, I thought that was a reasonable timeline. I was engaged by 25, one child, two by 30. I tweeted, this makes me cringe. I tweeted the date of my wedding. What? Wait, you quoted this recently. Wait, what day? What day? What year? What day? What year? Oh my gosh, yeah. It was 2020. Yeah. The 8th of the 8th, 2020. He quoted oh, it recently, and he was like, was, "That was fun." And I think I was like, <laughs> "I feel like I saw this on a timeline." I feel like I, I, I was. This. I was like, "Who does this one do?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, "Who does this one do?" I don't understand. But like, I do feel like when you hit twenty-seven, there's like a chemical reaction that kind of you start becoming sure of yourself yeah. and what kind of direction that you slowly want to go in yeah. and you start kind of moving towards that. Yeah. So ever since I hit 27, which was in April, mm-hmm. it's things around me are just not necessarily falling into place. I'm just 25. I mean, even considering this pandemic, I'm still 24, to be honest with you, because I didn't, <laughs> the but landmark didn't land on me. So. Uh-huh. I know what direction now. So you're 28 next year? Yeah, next year. Oh God. I know, innit? It's mad. Two but years till 30. I can't wait to hit 30. I can't. I'm telling you, really? I'm really, 30 wait. is looking great for me. I'm looking at thinking, baby, you're going to be so settled. You're going to you're gonna know why you went through what you went through. Yeah. That's what I feel like 30 is going to feel like. Yeah. I feel like 29, i got to really go in hand <laughs> with that celebration. Yeah. I really do. I'm still not going to plan anything. As per, really? I'm not surprised. I feel, like this, I feel like these next five years are going to be so different. It's going to yeah. be so crazy, so much. It's going to go quick. So like, I'm like, I don't, I'm, like quick. I'm not even thinking about 30. Because 30 is like, to me, 30 still feels... I think maybe because I still sort of mentally think I'm mm. 24. I know I'm 25. Yeah. I've only been, tw- I haven't even been 25 for three months. I'm a baby. Oh my gosh, yeah, you were. So like, uh-huh. I guess it just feels like, 30 feels like so far yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, But 30 yeah, will yeah. be lit when we hit, th- when 30 comes. Especially yeah. because my role model is um, Will Smith. Mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of his interviews and stuff. And Make sure you didn't get into any entanglement. Trust me, no, I will not. <laughs> but, um, it's just stuff, some of the stuff that he said, like um, um, having a plan B distracts from plan A. Yeah, he's I t- right. I take that very seriously. <laughs> he's right. Well. Um, and also, um, the best things in life are on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. So I, I just try and dive into everything. If you told me last year I'll have a business, joke i'd laugh at you like mm, this is doing what, like, what logistics like how was i gonna do this how am i gonna do that yeah. like, what am i even gonna have a business doing something in my name it's a lie exactly like, like me no. having business cards having people ordering Honestly. like all that yeah no, it's scary it, uh, you can't picture it, it. yeah so you can't picture it everything like again i'm a christian as well so i feel like every idea bestowed upon you is has a purpose set yeah. from god as well yeah 
So nothing is really by coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So we're going to end here. If you guys Aww. can let us know your... I know. This, this is the fun. This is the impact I have on people. Do you, do you, do you not know? Yeah. Do you, not know? <laughs> you don't know. But yeah, just let us know your social medias. For us, you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, and BuzzFeed. You can also check us out on our social media. So like Hini, C-O-B, drop us a DM. We're going to have our October subscription boxes starting from next week. Give me time, guys. I'm only a one-man team. <laughs> it takes me a while. But this book, um, this uh, subscription box is going to be very special. As you know, it's Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be great. We've got a monthly newsletter. Subscribe and share. I'm trying to do it all and just basically make, make reading as relevant as it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, for you guys, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, which is Mixed Rights, and you can find my business page on Instagram called Mixology. Lovely. What about you, Mary? Okay, so my personal Instagram is A-B-I-S-O-L-A-M-I. That's Abisolami. Um, and my business Instagram is at strategy and silks so at strategy and silks i have twitter as well but i, I don't really know if you want i don't know my, i just i just <laughs> mary's twitter yeah <laughs> i just I, I feel like i just talk to myself out loud do, on there do. Uh, um, a, lot of, a lot of us, lot of do, us do but i tend yeah. to i don't really i don't i'm not particularly interested in interaction why are you responding to me <laughs> so i don't know like if you come across it's just I mean, if you just google if you type into thing and you find up what i mean that's not my app because I, there's too many hyphens in my app so yeah I just, 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 like, you. if you find it you find it yeah, uh, yeah guys support share our businesses that we've mentioned thank you for having and, us yeah. so oh, thank you man I mean, you're welcome you're welcome and so we've expressed we've evaluated catch us in the next episode